0: How many of you consider yourselves to be planners? You like to make plans. You have calendars, you have lists, you have whiteboards, you have reminders set on your Google, uh, you know, Google Calendar. You're just, you're a planner, right? Like if you're the kind of person who had all of their Christmas shopping done by the end of summer, you're, you're a planner. On the other hand, if you just remembered that you don't have your Christmas shopping done, you're in a lot of trouble and you're not much of a planner. Whether or not you consider yourself a planner, here's what I know. Whenever life goes in a different direction than you had planned, than you had established for yourself, it can be a little bit jarring. No doubt in the room this size, there are many who right now you're facing something. You're in the middle of something in your life that you didn't plan. Life for you has gone in a different direction than you anticipated. For some, you are now job hunting when you thought by now your career path would have been established and set for a long time. Others, you didn't see this medical battle that you're now fighting. You didn't plan on it. For some, you didn't, be, you didn't plan to be separated from the love of your life at this point in your life. Others... You, you didn't know, you, you didn't plan for there to be an empty chair around your table this year at Christmas. Th- there are some of you, let's be honest, that when you, when you think about Christmas, even though it's supposed to be the hap-hap-happiest time of the year, for you, if you're being honest, it doesn't really feel like it. Again, whenever you and I face things that, that we don't plan, for some, it can be jarring, and not just kind of life-jarring, but it can jar our faith. And again, I, I know many of you, I don't know everybody here, but I, and so I don't know where everybody is at in their faith journey, but when we, when we face those circumstances, those situations in life that we didn't anticipate, that we didn't plan, that we didn't ask for, we can often find ourselves wondering, okay, God, where are you? Why, why did you let this happen, God? God, don't, don't you know this isn't the way I drew it up? This wasn't the blueprint for my life. God, what is happening? I mean, when you think about it, isn't that the Christmas story? For sure, it's the story of Mary and Joseph who if you just kind of peel back all that we understand about them, they were simply a young couple who had a plan, right? They are a young couple who had a plan for their own life, and that plan got turned on its head. You see, we have the advantage of looking back and, and and watching their story unfold. We we can read their story. We We know how it all turns out. But sometimes to help us feel something, we need to put ourselves in their shoes and, and be reminded that Mary and Joseph were experiencing what they experienced in real time. They didn't know the rest of the story. They didn't know how everything was going to turn out. And so from a strictly human perspective. If we could pretend like we don't know this story, the events around the birth of Jesus weren't part, part of Mary and Joseph's plans. I want to read their story, or at least a part of it, from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 to 23, just to kind of set us up. Matthew records these words. Son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So let's think about Mary and Joseph for a minute. Yes, it's true. An angel visited Mary with the news. And we can read more of Mary's story in Luke's gospel. And so if you turn there, we won't do it today, but if you turn there and read it, you would know that when the angel first visited and told Mary what was going to happen, her response was, how can this be? How, how can this be? I don't understand. But in that moment when the angel visited Mary, her plans changed. Again, she was just a young woman engaged to a young man. Wedding plans and dreams, just like most girls, were beginning to form until she was told by an angel, you're going to give birth to a son. And even though she didn't understand She pushed pushed through what she lacked in understanding and her faith rose up within her and she made the statement to the angel, let it be according to your word. And when she said that, again, let's be honest, Mary could not have possibly processed what all that meant for her life. She couldn't possibly have processed what kind of change was coming Her way. I mean, culturally speaking, her life was totally over. Again, a young woman pregnant without a husband. She knew the law. She knew what Joseph had every right to do. She doesn't know Joseph's response when she tells the angel, Let it be according to your word. So I imagine at some point she thinks about. Becoming a divorced, single mom in a culture where she can't get any type of job to support herself. She would have to carry this shame with her all of her life. I mean, you can only imagine the rumors. Did you hear about Mary? Oh yeah, Mary did this, Mary did that. The, 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 the sideways glances, the sneers, the, the whispers behind her back as she would walk through town. Again, Mary could not have anticipated what was going to happen to her. Verse 19 tells us that Joseph had a plan in mind that wasn't what ended up happening. His plan, if you go back to verse 19, was that he was going to do what the law said he could do. Just put her away, divorce her quietly. He didn't want to bring shame to her, but he also knew that he couldn't go forward with her. And we know that he wrestled with that for a period of time. We don't know how much time, but we can assume there was some time. And again, during that time, Mary's thinking, God, this isn't what I had planned. God, I said yes to you. I did what you wanted me to do. Now, why are you allowing this to happen between me and Joseph? Why is he struggling so much? Why can't he just accept what I told him? And again, let me just pull it back to where we're at today. This is where some of you are at this morning. You're at a point in time in your life where you look up to God and say, God, this isn't what I had planned. And Again, I don't know what that might look like in your life, but maybe, maybe it's something like this. Maybe you were just starting to get ahead financially. And this year, you're going to have a great Christmas for your kids. But last week, the car broke down. And now it's going to cost you hundreds of dollars. The Christmas that you had thought was going to happen, now isn't going to happen. Or maybe it's, it's even deeper than that. Maybe your, God, I didn't plan for this, has to do with your own children. You poured your life into your kids. They, they were everything to you. Everything you did was about them and for them, and now they're making decisions in their life that's causing you to stop and go, what in the world are they doing? This isn't what I had planned for them. Maybe you took a job. And you did it, you did it for your family. You knew it would be a better job, a chance at a promotion, better, better location. You knew you could move up the, you know, up the ladder in that company, but then something happened. There was a downturn in, in, in your in the economy. And that job that you thought was so promising is now a little shaky, or maybe you just received notice that your job is going to end. and, and you think to yourself, this isn't what I had planned. There are many of you, and again, I hurt for every single one of you. When you said, I do, you thought that you would live happily ever after with him or with her. And now you're thinking to yourself, but this isn't what I had planned. God, where are you? And again, the list can go on and on and on. I didn't plan to have migraines. I didn't plan to struggle with depression. I didn't, I didn't plan to have to deal with this cancer. I didn't plan on, and, and you just fill in the blank with whatever it is that hasn't turned out the way you thought it should in your life. And you're tempted to think, and maybe you, you, you do think, and, and maybe you shake your fist at God and, and say, God, what are you doing this morning? I just want you to have one thought. I wanna give you one thought, one truth to embrace. And this is for every one of you who've experienced a change of plans. I and mean, if you're taking notes, this is the only thing I really need you to write down. But more than write it down on a piece of paper, I want you to plan it deep in your heart, and that's this. <clears throat> if you've had a change of plans, and you don't understand, this Christmas, please embrace this truth. You don't have to understand the plan to trust that God has a purpose. You don't. The the video that we saw just before I got up to speak is a reminder of that. That when when it looked like all of humanity was going sideways, and it was, and continues to go sideways, God still has a plan. He has a purpose in it. Mary and Josephs' their original plans were wrecked. And again, Joseph had determined, I have no choice. But then something happened in verse 20. The angel comes and calms and assures Joseph. Wait, 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 wait. You don't need to do that. And he says, hey, what she says is true. The baby inside of her is divine. It's from God. And Joseph was convinced. Verse 21 shows us the purpose behind God's plan. When the angel says, she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. And then this next phrase is the purpose. For he shall save his people from their sins. Friends, you can almost imagine Joseph saying, wait, you're telling me, you're telling me that God is in this You're telling me that the last thing that I would have ever wanted for me or for my bride Mary is exactly what God wanted and planned to happen? And you mean to tell me that in spite of all of it, there is purpose in the middle of my pain? And the answer would have been yes, absolutely. You see, sometimes God redirects our plans when he has a different purpose. To say it again, you don't have to understand the plan to trust that God has a purpose. And I can tell you stories, and we can all tell stories, right? Most of us in this room have lived long enough to be able to look back in our life and go, I sure am glad that God interrupted my plans. Could anybody tell a story of being looking back and like, I'm glad God changed the you know, change the direction. He course corrected me. It wasn't what I had planned, but he changed things and I'm sure glad that he did. We can all probably tell stories that would, that would echo that reality. And it's not until years later that you can look back and say, I'd never choose what I went through. I'd never, I'd never want to necessarily go through it again, but I can look back now and see how God used it. Again, you don't have to understand the plan to trust that God has a purpose. And this would have been so true in Mary and Joseph's story. Think about this. <clears throat> Mary is pregnant with the Son of God. And I don't know about you, but if I'm Joseph and I'm, again, experiencing this all in real time, and I come to grips with the reality that the, the baby growing inside of my, my bride is not mine, but it belongs to, to, to God and try to get your head around that, and and that's a difficult thing to do, but Joseph was convinced. Certainly, there was a moment when Joseph must have thought, cool, we've got connections now. Everything is going to go smoothly. I don't have to worry about my wife. She's not going to have to worry because she's going to have some kind of a, you know, heavenly epidural that's going to make this delivery pain-free, right? It's going to be simple. One, two, three, here comes the baby, boom, right? No, that's not how that happened. That's not how that happened. Instead, she's in labor, and guess where she is? She's on the back of a donkey. She's in labor, and Joseph is so dead. He's pulling her on a donkey. Come on, donkey, come on, donkey. We got, it. We got to get to town, He's running red lights, right? He's honking the horn, get out of my way. Gets to town, and he forgot to make reservations. And you guys know the story, right? There's no hotel to give birth in. So he, Mary gives birth in this cave next to some farm animals. No, no epidural, no soft music, no jacuzzi tub, no doula. she gives birth. Now, now you're thinking she's going to live and they're going to live happily ever after, right? It's, It's the picture, right? It was in this moment that the photographer showed up and had, you know, baby Jesus and Mary on one side and Joseph on the other. And then there were the shepherds and the animals were just lined up just right. And the photographer's like, right? That's how that's how that image showed up on all of our Christmas cards, right? Because they had a photographer there just to capture the moment. The kids are like, they didn't have cameras back then. You're weird, Pastor Trent. Just use your imagination. But, but it, isn't it so just kind of clean and neat and tidy now? Even when we, you know, have kids programs, it's all just so, so nice and squared away. But, but here's the thing, we forget what happens after that. What happens after that? Guess what, they, guess what Mary and Joseph find out? They find out that King Herod wants to kill their son. Herod wants to kill their son. Internalize that. Think about that. This is a real mom. This is a real dad. And the king wants your kid dead. How would that have felt? What do you think they're thinking? But God, we said yes to you. And now... And again, this is a part of the story we don't spend a lot of time thinking about. They're on the run. They're booking it to Egypt. They're hiding out in houses. Don't tell anybody we're here. We're trying to get back to Egypt. It's like in the movies, right? There's this, you know, chase sequence, and they're just running and hiding. I can't go back to it. Mary and Joseph had a plan, but God had a purpose. What was the purpose, you ask Let me tell you what the purpose was. And this is the good news. Some of you know what the answer is. I'm gonna give it to you anyway. The purpose was you. That's the purpose. Mary and Joseph's plans did not go the way they wanted them to go. But there was something bigger, something better going on. There was a bigger story that was being written. And God's purpose in the middle of their pain was you. You know, we we hear around this time, Jesus is the reason for the season. Jesus is the reason for the season. And I get that. But I think if you were to ask God the reason for the season, I think from his heart, from our Heavenly Father's heart, he would say that that you're the reason for the season. And that you're the reason, and you're the reason, that I'm the reason, and that we are the reason Jesus came. I mean, we couldn't make up this story if we wanted to. Man had a plan of how the Messiah would come. Humanly speaking, they were looking for a political leader, they were looking for a military leader to come and overthrow things and take over. But that's not how Jesus came. Why? Because God had a purpose. And his purpose had to do with his son setting aside his righteousness in heaven and wrapping himself in humanity and becoming Jesus, who was born of a virgin. And why did that matter? Why, why be born of a virgin? Now, again, theologically, and this is, not, this is probably as deep as I'm going to get today, theologically speaking, it was so that he did not inherit the sin nature from an earthly father so that he could be born without sin. And instead, the divine nature Christ came into this world with was from his heavenly Father. Therefore, he could be perfect in every way, never sinning, dying on the cross. For who? For you, for me, for all of humanity. We were the purpose. Mary and Joseph had a plan, but God had a purpose. And again, it was right there in Scriptures, Yet so many people missed it. Mary gives birth to this son and they give him the name Jesus. Why? Because he would save his people from their sins. So this morning, if you're one of those who've had a change in plans and maybe right now things are really difficult for you, the first thing that I want you, I want you to hear me say is this, is I will not tell you in this moment that your pain is not real, that your pain is not valid. Because pain is real and pain is valid. Sometimes when we experience a radical change, it hurts. And we don't understand. And sometimes we do ache. And we do want to cry out, God, what is going on? But I want to continue and tell you this, that because I believe in a good God and a God who ultimately is in control, who is sovereign because of who he is, even if we don't understand his plan, we don't see what God's doing, we can trust that God has a purpose for your life, for the pain that you are experiencing in this moment. So on this Christmas, as we, as we talk about the birth of Jesus, understand that Mary and Joseph were people just like you and me, had a plan, but God changed it because he had a great, greater purpose. And, and if you're here today and the idea of faith and following Jesus is tough for you because of all that you've experienced, because the plans for your life have not gone the way you thought they should, and and you have looked up to heaven and said, why, God? Could it be that in his sovereignty, in his goodness, some of those things that have happened to you, what God's been trying to do is to nudge you toward him, to get you to begin to look to and lean on him, on his goodness. Put your trust that he does have a purpose. And, and again, if you need to continue to look further, track the life of Jesus. Track it from the manger to the cross to the empty tomb. Because at the end of the day, I wouldn't be standing here talking about a baby who just lived and died. The, the only reason why we gather and we celebrate the birth of Christ is because he died on a cross to sacrifice himself and pay for the sins of humanity. And let me take it another step further. We wouldn't be talking about the cross if it weren't for the resurrection. The fact that three days later that Jesus walked out of a tomb to validate all of his claims that he was sent from God with a purpose, and that purpose was to die on a cross for your sins and for mine. If Jesus doesn't resurrect three days after he dies, nobody cares to tell the story of Jesus. But as Christians, our hope is anchored, not in his birth. We, we celebrate, and we remember his birth, and this is a great time of year to do that, of course. We are grateful for his death. Without his death, we would have no hope. But that hope that we live with today was validated because three days later, he rose again. The resurrection ties it all together. And if you're here today and you're not yet following Jesus, you've not yet declared with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you've not taken that step of faith to begin to walk with him and follow him, put your hope in him, then may this Christmas be the Christmas that you start wrestling with that. And that maybe you make the decision to do that, to put your hope and your faith in Christ, to begin to trust his plan for your life, even if right now you don't see any purpose in what you're going through. Let me ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes, and I'm going to ask the worship team to come up, and we're going to sing, and then we're going to, then we're going to light a candles and sing Silent Night. But if you're here today and... And you're on a faith journey that has, again, brought you to kind of this crossroads where you would say, I have to decide whether or not I'm going to trust God's purpose behind my pain. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to trust that even though I don't understand it all now, I believe that God is a good God, he's got a good plan, and I'm going to lean into him. If you've never made that decision, make that decision. We, we can help you. If you're here today and you just would not call yourself a follower of Jesus, a Christian, and, and you want to talk with somebody about it, I'd love to talk to you about it. I'd love to help you make the decision to start a relationship with Jesus. Well, how do I do that, Trent? Well, just grab one of those cards that are sitting in the seat in front of you and at least put your name and a phone number and say, hey, can we talk? And then on your way out when you get your, your free gift to say, I want to talk to Pastor Trent and they'll give me the card and we'll connect, we'll meet up, we'll have a cup of coffee or we'll just Zoom or something. But our our heartbeat is, is to respect everybody where you're at on your faith journey but we want to help you take another step. And that first and ultimate step is to give your life to Christ, to begin walking and following him. There's no greater, greater joy than the joy of knowing Jesus Christ. Let me pray and then we're going to sing one song and then I'm going to come back up and uh, we'll sing Silent Night together. Father, we love you and we thank you for this day. We thank you for your grace and your goodness. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for friends, uh, young and old. Thank you for new friends. Thank you for the chance to just celebrate and remember Christ, your birth. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and let's sing together.